When Jesus drew near to Jerusalem, seeing the city, he wept over it. And later in the gospel, and entering into the temple, he began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Last Sunday, our Lord taught us, by his own words, the lessons of the parable of the unjust steward. But today he teaches, not so much by words, but by actions. Two virtues which seem to be so opposed the one to the other as to mutually exclude each other. So let's look at the gospel today. It's Palm Sunday. Christ is approaching Jerusalem, that beautiful city, but also faithless. And when he sees this city, his sacred heart is overcome with a compassion at the future punishment which this very city will draw down upon itself for the sin of deicide. And he weeps, real tears he weeps. But then only a little later, seeing how his father's house, the temple, is profaned, this same Jesus is moved with a righteous anger, and in justice he drives out those who have desecrated his father's house. Now, is Christ just being a bit emotional, fluctuating between one feeling and then another? Well, hardly. It would be quite blasphemous to believe such a thing of our Lord. Rather, he is showing his mercy and his justice. St. Thomas Aquinas says that mercy includes two sentiments. First, a sadness at someone else's misfortune. And secondly, a willingness to deliver him from whatever misfortune. In other words, mercy is man's response to misery. God became man so that he might feel, so that he might have compassion, and so that he might sympathize, because such things imply a sadness which, just like all emotions, does not exist in God. He became man so that he could not only feel sadness in his, in his human nature, but also so that he could do something about it. That is, to deliver us by taking upon himself our punishments and suffering in our place. That's mercy. On every page in sacred scripture is found another proof of God's mercy. And if you look, sometimes you really don't have to look too hard. On every page of your life is shown the truth of, of these words of the Psalms. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy. 
God's every work and our daily experience prove that God's mercy does exist. And this mercy is shown, manifested, in practice by his patience, by his persistence, and by his prodigality. The beautiful patience of God, how he waits so patiently for the conversion of the sinner. Again, the scriptures say, the Lord is long-suffering. He persists. He persists in waiting for and calling out the, for the sinner to return. Again, scriptures say, all the day long I have stretched out my hands to a people not believing and contradicting me. But turning another page in scripture, our Lord goes out after the sinners, the good shepherd seeking out his wandering sheep. But finally, his mercy is shown in the parable of the prodigal son. Picture the scene of that gospel. The father waiting, watching at the top of the road daily for the return of his son who had wandered off and squandered away his inheritance. Daily he waits there. And when the son decides to come back, the father welcomes him. He cuts off all the apologies and restores to the son all of the rights which he had once lost, and he makes a great feast. See the prodigality of God's mercy. Now, justice. You see how even to hear that word it makes it already seem to exclude mercy. Justice is the ever-present will to give everyone his due. There are two kinds of justice. There's a kind that exists between equals. For example, if I loan you money, then you have every right to expect injustice that I pay you back. Then there is the justice that exists between superior and subject, where the superior gives a fair distribution of honors, burdens, and then also rewards and punishments. It's this kind, the second kind of justice, that concerns us here. And God's justice is found all over Scripture. In the Old Testament it said, Revenge is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. But then again in St. Paul, it says, Thus is laid up for me a crown of justice, which the Lord, the just judge, will render to me in that day. We see it also in the reality of God's punishments. In this life, by means of wars and the spread of communism, the changes of Vatican II, famine, and all the rest of it, lockdowns. And we see the reality of his punishments surely in the next life with the fires of hell. Now if 
you and I, that is, if man has such a sense of justice as we saw last, in last week's gospel with the unjust steward, what must God's justice really be? Because he is the source of all justice. But God's justice is always mingled with his mercy. Why? Because God is simple, undivided. He is not composed as you and I are. We're composed of body and soul. He is pure spirit, simple and undivided. So now, here's the mystery. His mercy is his justice and vice versa. This is true because he rewards the just beyond what they deserve. Remember what it says in the Holy Scriptures. He promises eternal life for one cup of water given in his name. And then St. Thomas says that God punishes the wicked more leniently than they have a right to expect. So this is the first example of God's justice and mercy working together. So you see how they kind of are correlating these two seeming opposites? Let me give you two more short examples of how God's justice and mercy go together. That vengeance which God from time to time visits on sinners, in this world that is, is really a manifestation of his mercy towards them. He sends them punishments for this reason, to break down their obstinacy in sin by moving them to repentance. It is better that they be punished here than in the next life. Or he sends suffering and punishment to the sinner by crushing them because here he at least limits the amount of their sins and thus by limiting the sins he limits their punishment. But lastly, and this is a beautiful example, we see God's justice and mercy working together every single day, four times a day on this very altar on which is renewed Christ's death and our redemption. Mercy is shown on the altar, for God gave his only begotten Son to save the world. Justice is shown, for God exacted an adequate atonement for our sin by his own death. That means that God's justice set the price and God's mercy paid it for us. As Psalm 84 says, mercy and truth have met and justice and peace have kissed. Now, finally, last of all, look to your own soul. Did you know it depends on you to choose whether God will be your merciful Savior or stern judge. Mercy is yours right now in abundance 
but only through contrition and penance. If you presume on it, then your stubbornness in sin will bring about God's justice in the next life. God lets you choose. So the final question, which will it be? May God bless you. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.